With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's Denise Salcedo, and it is Friday night, September 15th. And I was not expecting tonight's episode of SmackDown to be as noteworthy as it ended up being. We have so much to talk about. In fact, I feel like if the nostalgia did not hit you, while you were watching SmackDown tonight, I don't even know what to say. I am feeling so nostalgic right now where all I want to do is like go down a rabbit hole and like watch my favorite rock promos ever because that is the kind of mood that I'm in tonight. And I think a lot of people are in tonight because we are going to be talking about the Rock being back here at SmackDown and a lot of what this could mean, whether or not, obviously, we're going to get into a huge conversation surrounding WrestleMania. And I have a prediction that I'm going to be sharing later on on this show. We just have so much to get into here today. I'm excited because I feel like we haven't had an episode of SmackDown or just like an episode, like a show that has felt this big, this momentous. And I'm not trying to take away from anything else, but I think like when you have The Rock on your show, like it's a freaking big deal, right? But then on top of that, you also had John Cena. I mean, come on now. Does it even get better than that? I don't think so. So we're going to get into all of that in just a second. But before I do, um, oh, man, I'm looking at all of everybody's reactions in the comments. We got Will McLean who says 10 out of 10 episode for The Rock alone. We got a bunch of people saying that they're happy The Rock is back. I mean, um, we're going to get right into that because that's what we're going to start things off with. But I'm going to kick things off with a couple of super chats that we have here. This one is a very, very generous one from Darv. Steven kicking us off big time here who says if Roman and Rock happens at Wrestlemania would this mean we get Cody Cena or what if Roman does something that's never been done and that's the headlines two nights of Mania night one of the Rock and night two of Cody enjoy vacation I'm going on vacation on Monday guys but not today today we're talking pro wrestling so Steven because you sent in such a generous super chat I'm gonna start things off with my prediction here, everybody. So my WrestleMania 40 prediction. All right. Now, <laughs> in order to get to the actual prediction, we need to talk about what happened earlier today with The Rock on Pat McAfee's show. So I don't know how many of you guys saw the video. Maybe you saw the clip. Maybe you saw the entire thing. I watched the entire interview, and it's crazy. I don't know how long he was actually being interviewed by Pat McAfee for, but it was a short period of time, but so much information came out of that short period of time. I mean, we got information about, uh, you know, whether or not he's planning on running for president. We are talking about, you know, the, the fact that The Rock, versus Roman Reigns was actually supposed to happen at WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood. And guys, when I think about how many times we were talking about this, and I remember for like a whole year, 
before WrestleMania 39, I was sitting here going, guys, it's happening. It's happening. I know it. I know it. It's got to happen. It all aligned so perfectly, right? Hollywood, WrestleMania 39, Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, Roman Reigns, The Rock, it just had to be. All of the stars were aligned, and then it didn't happen, right? And I remember during the press conference, Triple H said something along the lines of, oh, The Rock was it in shape to do it? Okay, cool. But we ended up getting so much more information that now I'm like, okay, I guess that was just part of, you know, that was just the answer. I guess he felt comfortable saying in this press conference, but there is definitely, you know, a lot more to this story. But thinking about how all of the stars aligned then and it didn't happen and knowing that it actually was going to happen. I think the moment that he said that every fan had the same reaction of like, God damn it. We were going to see that match. It was actually going to happen. Like the second that he said it, Pat McAfee, like literally jumped off from his seat and was like, dude, I didn't even have any words when I saw that clip. And because I saw that clip, I went back and watched the entire interview, whatever. So we're sitting here and, you know, The Rock is saying in this interview with Pat McAfee that he is open, that he is open to being at WrestleMania 40. Now, granted, prior to saying all of this and prior to revealing that that match at WrestleMania 39 was booked, he did talk about all of these, you know, injuries that he sustained in his last match against John Cena. He talked about, you know, his uh, his abdomen and just like everything that happened and how that pretty much impacted his filming schedule with Hercules. Now, a lot of us already kind of knew this information because I already knew this, like, before he said it on the interview, I don't remember how I knew this, but I just knew this. So for some people, it may be new information. For some people, it probably wasn't new information. And so whatever, right? But the point is that, you know, The Rock got hurt uh, in that match a whole lot. And, you know, things happen, right? And The Rock is a lot older now. Time time goes by. When Triple H had said in that press conference, conference about The Rock not being, you know, in ring shape, it made all the sense in the world to me. I know there were some people that were confused by that. They were like, what do you mean the rock isn't in shape? Look at the man. But he was talking about being in in-ring shape. And that is an entirely different thing. So anyways, um, the rock teased WrestleMania 40, the possibility of him versus Roman Reigns. Now, he didn't outright say it. He basically just kind of said that he was open to the idea. And... I feel at first I was kind of thinking like, okay, The Rock wouldn't say that just for shits and giggles, right? He would have to say that for a reason because he knows people, especially wrestling fans, like we're going to remember this. We're going to remember this interview. We're going to remember the words that he said. And moving forward, we're going to carry that with us. Like we're not going to forget that The Rock said this, right? And so... I'm thinking like, okay, would he just come out and say that? Because keep in mind that the WWE and the UFC, they just did this merger. We've been talking about it a whole lot with TKO. And there are a lot of changes happening in the company. Unfortunately, there was like over 100 layoffs uh, today in WWE. So, you know, things are definitely changing, right? And I started thinking like, okay, is The Rock saying this because there is a real, real chance that this match is happening or is he just saying this so that, you know, WWE can continue to get some publicity coming off of that big merger announcement and it officially happening, right? So at first I was kind of torn. But then I'm sitting here and I'm thinking if The, Rock's, the Rock kind of basically, op like he, 
Pat McAfee didn't even ask him about WrestleMania 40. He asked him about WrestleMania 39. The Rock was the one that brought up WrestleMania 40. He's the one that brought all of that up in the conversation. And so I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think that The Rock is going to say that again for shits and giggles. I truly think, and I, I really don't want to regret this because I truly thought this for WrestleMania 39. And clearly I was right, even though it didn't happen, it was supposed to happen, whatever. Um, but I truly do think that we are going to be getting Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania 40. And I did a little tweet and I asked people, hey, place your bets. Is it a yes? Is it a no? And there was a lot of people that were kind of 50-50. I saw a lot of yeses. I saw a lot of no's. And I felt like both sides were completely like justified in their reasonings as to why. And it's so hard, right? Because even though like WrestleMania sounds so far away, but we know how fast time flies. I mean, we're literally 134 days away from the Royal Rumble. And then we're going to get right into, you know, WrestleMania season. And that is going to be like within months. Next thing you know, WrestleMania 40 is here. So even though it sounds far away, it really is not. And so there's a lot of things to consider here. You know, the one thing, and I'm not going to get into the details of all of this because I'm not an expert when it comes to the Hollywood strike. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but there is a strike going on. We're fully aware of it. Uh, you know, I personally have a lot of friends that are impacted by this where they're not able to work. They, I have one of my closest friends is on the verge of literally have like losing the place she lives at because of the strike and because of, you know, not being able to work and people are legitimately, you know, suffering. And of course, there's different levels of, you know, actors, people that are just starting out, people that are a little bit more established, and then people that are like balls out rich. So it's affecting people in different ways, right? Especially the people that aren't, you know, wealthy. So anyways, so that's going on. And because of that, you know, clearly we are seeing not just John Cena, who's made a couple of WWE appearances, but now The Rock here on SmackDown. And I think a lot of people put two and two together when they saw that, when they saw uh, The Rock and Pat McAfee doing that interview earlier today, and then literally knowing that WWE SmackDown was going to be in Denver, Colorado today. I don't know if people maybe put two and two together, or it was one of those things where you're like, ooh, maybe The Rock is going to come out. Maybe he's not. But he did. The Rock did come out. Now, before I get into um, what happened on SmackDown, time for the prediction. So the prediction is, this is where I'm at right now. Yes to Roman and Rock for night one of WrestleMania. So one of the things that The Rock said in this interview with Pat McAfee is he said that they, the reason the WrestleMania 39 match did not happen was because, you know, just the idea there, there wasn't an idea that felt like it fell through. Basically, they wanted to make they wanted to do something that would change pro wrestling, but the idea wasn't there. And they didn't want to end the story there. And they wanted it to be the start of something, but they didn't have the start of something. They didn't have what the next beginning would be. They didn't have, I guess, all of those finer details, right? So that is what The Rock said today. And so I'm thinking about this. And, you know, we were sitting here. Talking about Roman Reigns and uh, Cody Rhodes for the longest time, whether or not Cody Rhodes is going to finish his story. And so I'm thinking we're going to get both things. Night one, Roman Reigns and The Rock. And I do believe 
Roman Reigns is going to defeat The Rock. And that is going to be the way that they essentially, um, how do I explain this? They, the moment, I think the moment where Roman Reigns defeats The Rock, that is going to be Roman Reigns' like defining moment. That's going to be like the thing where you're like, holy shit, after this long reign, he defeated The Rock. You know, it's going to be a big freaking deal. So that's what I think is going to happen night one. Night two, I think we're going to get then Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, with Cody Rhodes finally having his moment to finish the story. So you get two things out of this. You get Roman Reigns with his definitive moment defeating The Rock night one, and you get your Roman Rock match. And then night two, Cody Rhodes finishing his story against Roman Reigns. So that's my prediction of where I'm at right now of what we're going to get at WrestleMania, what is to come. That's the only way that I think, or at least one of the major ways that you like legitimately check off two boxes there, two big boxes that we want checked out. And I feel like if, if we see like Cody Rhodes defeating Roman Reigns after he defeated The Rock, like it's not going to take away from Roman Reigns because then you can also kind of tell this. You can tell all of these different stories heading into that second match. So personally, I think that that's going to be what we get. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. But um, we'll see, man. Who knows? But that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for this generous super chat and getting us going. Uh, we got another one here from Blanca Amador who says, seeing The Rock just brought back so much nostalgia. I literally screamed when I heard his theme song. You know, it makes me nostalgia. Nostalgia is the word, man, because I, you know, I grew up, man, in this time period where I didn't realize that I was so freaking lucky and blessed. And I don't know, you know, you guys who shared the exact same experience realized how lucky and blessed we were at the time. I remember going to shows where, you know, I would watch The Rock all the time. Like I saw The Rock live a bunch of times and you know they would always do something special especially for the LA crowds and even when they were in Anaheim because I would go to both shows in Anaheim and Los Angeles and I got I, I think about all the times that I saw The Rock and how lucky I was back then that now I'm sitting here and it's a rarity like there was probably a bunch of people in that building today in Denver Colorado that were you know depending on people's ages and whether or not they went to wrestling shows you know you know, a couple, couple of years ago, um, whether the, for a lot of people, it may have been their first time seeing The Rock. And I'm just going like, damn, uh, I'm so sad that I did not fully comprehend that, you know, 20 years ago or whatever it was, you know, I, I, I it makes me sad to think that I did not you know, cherish it enough, right? And I think maybe that's something to like moving forward, like all your favorite wrestlers that you're seeing right now, uh, you know, cherish that because they're not always going to be, uh, they're not always going to be around, right? Like people retire, things like, you know, it just shit happens. And so people go different directions. And that's what got me thinking. That's like, that was kind of the rabbit hole that I went into in my mind when I saw The Rock come out. And then just thinking like, damn, we're getting The Rock and John Cena on the same show. I don't even know the last time that that happened on a SmackDown or or anything. I don't know. Um so thank you so much to be uh, to Blanca Amador for sending in the super chat. We got another one here from Alvin Everett who says Austin Theory shared the ring with McAfee, Vince, Stone Cold, 
Cena, Ray, Edge, LA Knight, and The Rock. Let that sink in. They know what they have in theory. Well, yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny too because you can also think about this for uh, for uh, Grayson Waller. Maybe not to the extent of Austin Theory, but Grayson Waller has also had some like pretty cool moments where he's in the ring, you know, uh, having these opportunities with people that you are like, shit, he's already having these opportunities with them at so early in his career. And yeah, Austin Theory, I mean, the dude got a match against freaking John Cena at uh, WrestleMania, not to mention everything that he did with Vince McMahon, everything he did with Pat McAfee. And we'll get into those two in a second because there's still so much more to get into in regards to what we saw here tonight. Will Chisholm sends in a super chat saying the love of wrestling is me, 33 years old, and my daughter, four years old, who both marked out at the same man. So it's funny because, um, you know, I... It, like I've said this before, but if you don't pass on, right, like everybody knows who The Rock is. I mean, like my grandma knows who The Rock is. She watches all his movies. And but now, depending on whether or not people are wrestling fans, there is a new generation of people that do not know that The Rock was a wrestler. And if you don't believe me, this happened to me like about a year ago. My sister, she was 17 years old at the time. And we were talking about The Rock, don't know how it came up. And she turned to me, she's like, The Rock was a wrestler? And I looked at her and I was like, that's when I realized, oh my God, there's this whole new generation of people that you may assume sometimes that they know things, right? But they don't. Like sometimes people just know The Rock as the Hollywood movie actor, not even realizing that he came from pro wrestling. So it is interesting, uh, people's different ages and different people's reactions. So, uh, you know, clearly, Will, if you have a four-year-old and you're, you know, teaching them about wrestling at four, I don't know, uh, then there's a good chance that, you know, it's different if you, like, Raised up your kids knowing about pro wrestling. It's just different. Uh, Dehonis95 sends in a super sticker. Didn't write a comment, but thank you so much for the super sticker. Uh, Tiger Claw Gaming, who's a DWL member, says, Rock has literally been saying this for five years. He has, but this time it felt different, okay? It felt different. It hit different. David Kaplan, um, who I also have another super chat from that I need to read from the other day, but first David Kaplan says, it's amazing that the minute the merger was done, now the Rock is here, and I'm afraid Cody has lost his main event, and if so, I feel bad for Cody. So David Kaplan had actually sent in a super chat that I had missed um, the other day and his original super chat from a couple days ago was I know it it's actually from last Friday he says I know it's early but do you think that Cody is still the surefire main event for Roman or could there be a change well David the I don't know if there's a change happening but it does kind of feel like may or maybe not there's a change in the air again if things end up playing out the way that I said then great, but I'm not so positive. Like, that's just a theory, right? We all have theories and predictions, but, you know, shit happens, right? Uh, thank you so much, David Capelin, for both the Super Chats. We got another very generous one from Hunter Tillman. Uh, Hunter Tillman says, hey, Denise, happy Friday. What a freaking unexpected appearance by the people's champion. My jaw dropped through the floor and I kept saying, OMG, this was much needed after such a crazy week of pro wrestling. Much love to you. Yeah, and guys, like it was also perfect timing too because on top of, you know, the merger happening with, uh, you know, with Endeavor and everything that they're doing on that end of things. You know, there's there's conversations happening right now. But also, we've been talking about the rights media deal 
for WWE and where, you know, SmackDown's going to end up. You know, there's a lot of people predicting that it's not no longer going to be on Fox. That's going to be in, an, in another place. And so, and there was even, God, there was even a video of somebody who accidentally captured freaking a Triple H sitting next to Jeff Bezos at a fashion runway show in New York for fashion week. And so I'm just sitting here going like, you know, my mind is exploding at all of these possibilities of what can happen. And so, yeah, like you got the rights media deal coming up. I'm sure they're going to want to make things look, you know, nice and polished and cool. And what is nice, polished and cool? Having John Cena and The Rock on your show. That's definitely uh, pretty freaking cool. So Hunter Tillman, thank you so much for this generous super chat. I appreciate you so much. Rubio sends in a super chat saying, I went to SmackDown in Anaheim one year ago to this day, and it wasn't nearly as good as tonight. So jealous of Denver. Rubio, I know what you're talking about because I was at that show too. And it was funny because I took my little brother to that show. And he, we were driving, and I felt so bad because he asked me, he said, oh, is John Cena going to be on the show? Because John Cena is the only wrestler that he knows besides The Rock, right? He, and I'm like, no, he's not here. John Cena's not here. And I felt so bad breaking into the kid that, hey, John Cena's not going to be there. And um, so, yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's different, right? Like, I know some people are like, oh, as long as Roman Reigns is there. But for a lot of kids, especially if they're not, like, full wrestling fans and they just know about it casually then the person for them especially if they're young like 10 12 years old 14 whatever their person that they're gonna know is John Cena because he's like you know he does projects in that kind of world and things that you know kids at that age would be interested in Sheldon Jackson says it was awesome to see the rock on his show smack on um, on his show Smackdown tonight. This was a great start to the TKO era of Smackdown. Also just announced for collision tomorrow night, the TBS champion Brit for the title. Oh, okay. Oh, shoot. All right. Okay. So, I mean, I already know the results of, uh, you know, the, the rampage results. I won't get into that. Um, you guys already know it's all over the news and stuff, but I won't do any spoilers or anything of that note. So, so yes, I know exactly where you're getting at with this. Uh, that's interesting. And I am going to be here tomorrow night to talk about collision. So we'll spend a lot more time talking about that then, but, uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for also sending in the super chat, because yes, it was awesome to see the rock tonight. And just like even the pop guys, the freaking pop man, Oh, now I've been at a lot of live events, right? I've heard pops for, uh, you know, just recently. One of the recent WWE big pops that I was at, and maybe it's not that recent, but it was SummerSlam in Las Vegas. What was it, like 2021 or something? I forgot what year it was. Whatever. It was the return of Becky Lynch. I remember when Becky Lynch's music hit. It was this massive pop, right? Um, Brock Lesnar was there that night, too. He returned massive pop and i remember going like wow man that was loud but nothing compares to two people's pops and that is dwayne the rock johnson and stone cold steve austin if you have ever experienced either of those two pop it is otherworldly otherworldly man uh chris ludek sends in a super chat saying hi denise i missed smackdown but i heard the huge news i think i need to go to mania this coming year after all p.s i'm loaded 
<laughs> hey, if you're loaded, man, go, go to freaking WrestleMania. You know, honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little bit pissed though, guys. I'm a little bit pissed because as a LA native, as a born and raised person from Los Angeles, uh, I wanted the best here, man. I didn't want to get freaking this crazy ass fucking finish that we, oops, finish that we got with uh, Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Like I'm sitting here, guys. I got the WrestleMania chair right here on the side. And on that chair is a picture of Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And every time I look at it, I'm reminded of that crazy freaking finish. And it's more of a negative feeling that I get than a positive feeling. And so every time I think about that, I go, damn. And um, so anyways, I'm a little bit salty that, you know, freaking uh, WrestleMania next year is probably when we're going to get Roman Reigns and The Rock. And yeah, I'll be there, but I'm salty because I wanted it to happen here in freaking Hollywood, you know? Uh, David Kaplan says, any prediction for John Cena going forward? Thanks. Uh, I mean, it would be cool if they did him and Grayson Waller. They have teased that already multiple times, so that could be something. But I don't know what else they could do. I mean, uh, I'm thinking, I don't think they announced this. Someone remind me, but they, I'm, I'm assuming just like the way that the show closed. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we maybe get to see AJ Styles and John Cena team up. That would be kind of cool. Just like little things like that. I, I want them to kind of check off all of these little boxes of things we never thought were going to happen or people we never thought we were going to see in the ring, like intertwine together. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. So uh, with John Cena, I mean, I, I feel like we might get a little bit more of John Cena than The Rock, clearly, because The Rock just has like a zillion other things going on. He's got the freaking XFL. He's got his Terramana. Uh, he, he's got a bunch of stuff going on. John Deller says, so we need to get Cody on SmackDown soon. All right, that's still a thing, huh? We're still waiting for that. Who knows? Mike Parker sends in a very generous super chat saying, Funniest thing about all this is I told my 79-year-old mom that The Rock was on WWE and she actually wanted to watch it because she said he's one of her favorite actors and couldn't believe he came back to wrestling. Mike Parker, I believe it, man. I believe it. Like I said, my grandma loves The Rock. My, my aunt, she's not a wrestling fan, okay? But since I was a kid, I recall her going out to buy a freaking WWE magazine. This was back when it was WWF. She went out and bought a magazine only because The Rock was on the cover and she didn't even watch wrestling. She just loved The Rock. Like that is the kind of appeal that The Rock has. Like people, guys, guys love him because he's freaking cool. And all the women are like, ooh, you know, swooning over The Rock, right? So, so yeah, I mean, he's the most recognizable man on the planet. So there you go. I Googled that, by the way. That's like legit. If you Google, I think it's who's the most famous person on earth or something like that. Uh, if you Google that, The Rock will come out. Like, that's the name that pops up. Uh, Johnny sends in a super chat saying your top five Jade Cargill dream opponents in WWE. Ooh, well, I think Jade Cargill is going to be so first of all, whoever she's in the ring with, I think she's in good hands because WWE does have a lot of very talented women. But I think Jade Cargill is going to shine more in terms of her personality and just like her overall look because she just looks like a million zillion bucks. Right. But to answer your question, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. Bailey would be kind of funny, actually. 
I don't know what they would do there, but I think it would be kind of freaking hilarious. And then the fifth person, um, Tiffany Stratton, just because they're both fancy. <laughs> Stephen Marchulli says Cody versus Roman night one, Rock versus, okay, he says Cody versus Roman night one, Rock versus Roman night two, perhaps. No, I see it the other way around. The other way around because Cody needs to finish his story. So I'm going to go with the other way. Uh, but thank you so much to Stephen Marchulli for also sending in that question. Uh, MD89 says, Googled it. I told you guys, we got more people putting over the show. All right, so now let's get into what actually happened on SmackDown today. Now that we've talked about all of the news side of The Rock. So this is what actually went down with The Rock on the show. So Pat McAfee is the one who opens up the show. And I'm thinking, yay, Pat McAfee. I'm a big fan of Pat, guys. He's he's real cool. He's real cool. Uh, and so he opens up the show. He welcomes, in, he welcomes us in. And afterwards, we end up getting Austin Theory out there. And Austin Theory and Pat McAfee kind of go back and forth here, share some words. As you guys know, they have history. We've seen them wrestle. We know their history. And so... <laughs> By the way, I really hope that them coming out dressed exactly the same was on purpose because there was a line where Pat McAfee did mention that he was stealing his look. I really hope that was done on purpose because if they came out dressed exactly the same on accident, that would be freaking weird. Also, that's why I wore this shirt today. I have a black one. I couldn't find it. So I was like, oh, damn it. I'm going to do pink. But that's also why I'm wearing this shirt here. I was trying to match up with freaking um, with Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. So anyways, so... Now, I've got beef with Austin Theory, guys, because Austin Theory tells Pat McAfee that he's going to beat him and injure him and send him back to his show unable to do anything, just like Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, oh, hell no, Theory. Oh, hell no. We got beef now for that. Uh, but it was such a good line, though, because obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee are friends. They do uh He's going to have on, I don't know if he's still having on Aaron Rodgers every Tuesdays on his show, but uh, that was uh, what they were supposed to be doing or are supposed to be doing. And so I thought that was a really good line. And I like lines like that because if they're current and it makes sense and it's a, you know, punch to the gut, it's a good one, right? So then from here on out, we then have, I thought Austin Theory did really good tonight, by the way. I want to make sure I mention that. I don't want to forget to mention that. I thought he did really good because there was another part where Pat McAfee tells him, like, oh, you're dressed like me, right? And he says, well, I look like a Greek god. You look like you should be flipping fries. And I'm like, damn, bro, you're out here shaming him. But it was a good line, though. It was a really good line. And then finally... Pat McAfee, I don't even know what he says at this point, because the second the music hit, you couldn't even hear what Pat McAfee was saying. I don't even know what he said, but The Rock comes out and it's just this massive freaking pop and and it's crazy. And he really took his time. He really took his time to like soak it all in finally walked down to the ring and when he walked down to the ring I thought oh man Austin Theory is about to get his ass handed to him he's about to get roasted and so he ends up they end up doing this whole thing where Austin Theory brings up the rock and Austin thing right and he goes oh, I'm the real Austin I'm the one who's gonna be on all of the Mount Rushmore's and I'm like 
Calm down, calm down now, Theory. Calm down. P step on the brakes a little bit, bro. Step on the brakes just a little bit. Going a little too, too far here. Um, and so, you know, he's going off bragging about himself. And then finally, The Rock just tells him to shut his bitch ass off. And then <laughs> he leads the crowd into this chant where he gets one side of the crowd to chant, you are, and the other side of the crowd to chant, an asshole. And from here on out, we got this like several minute chant where we were just hearing the crowd go back and forth saying you are an asshole, except that for the viewers at home, it kind of sucked because the whole thing was being muted. So you were just like hearing one word and it would mute, hear another word, another mute. And so it was kind of hard to follow along because then the mute would last a little bit longer. So even when they weren't cursing, you weren't really making out what they were saying because of the mute going so very long. So for the live audience, freaking awesome. For the viewers at home, it was kind of like, oh man, I can't hear what they're saying because everything's being muted. And what I thought was funny too, though, what I also thought was funny was that they muted the crowd when they said asshole, but they didn't mute the rock when he said it. So I don't know, unless for me, it was just the mute was off because you know, they don't get that stuff right. They, they click mute even after the word is being said. I'm like, at that point, why are you pressing mute for? We already heard the word, right? Whatever. So Austin Theory punches the rock. Rock hits them. Uh, Rock ends up getting them with the freaking people's elbow. It's a great freaking moment. And then even afterwards, uh, he allows Pat McAfee to get Austin Theory with the people's elbow as right as well. And it's very funny. It's very funny seeing the Rock do it, and then Pat McAfee do it. And keep in mind, Pat McAfee is a pretty athletic guy, right? Like he's going. He's had pretty great matches. You know, obviously he was an athlete. He's he's not not an athletic guy but him doing it next to the rock it was just like night and day difference but it was very very funny and so that was basically what we got on the actual show so i do want to say that austin theory held his own there was even a moment where he interrupted the rock and the whole entire time pat mcafee's in the back doing like these uh facial reactions he was really selling it it was good uh i think he had the facial reactions that all of the fans had watching from home so that was very very entertaining and then the big moment that we got backstage is John Cena and The Rock now John Cena was pretty much billed and promoted the entire night as going to be appearing on the Grayson Waller effect and the Grayson Waller effect is a talk show so you think that you would hear John Cena talk we did not hear John Cena talk at all on the Grayson Waller effect show. And we'll talk more about that later. But he had he only said one thing tonight on this show. And it was during this backstage segment with him and The Rock. He goes up to The Rock and he just says, welcome home. They shake hands. They hug it out. And I'm like, you know, having just this moment of, all right, you know what? Maybe we are going to see freaking The Rock versus Roman Reign at WrestleMania. Maybe it is going to happen. Uh, so we'll see what we end up getting at WrestleMania. But at least now it feels like there's something to be excited about. It, it feels like there's something in the air to be excited about. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what the fans 
want, especially right now, like with Roman Reigns kind of being out. It did feel like there was this big piece missing on SmackDown without the bloodline. You know, the bloodline has been carrying that show for a very long time now, and they were the reason to be tuning into that show. So when you don't have Roman Reigns on the show, it, you, you know, you got that star presence lacking. Like, obviously, there's other people, but, you know, Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns, and you're going to want him on the show. And when he's not there, you do feel uh, you do miss him on the actual show. So uh, that's basically what we got there, everybody. Um, let's go ahead and get into the rest of these super chats here. Um, this one here is from, let me see where am I at here. Okay, this one's from Bear Hudson. Thank you so much to Bear who says, Denise, can I get your thoughts on the possibility of Jade Cargill coming to WWE and your first impression when you heard it? Um, so my first impression was that, I think my first, I'm going to, okay, so my first thing that I thought was I was just hoping that she didn't end things on bad terms with AEW. That was honestly the first thing that popped into my mind was I hope she didn't end things on bad terms with AEW. And from the looks of it, she did not. And my second thing was she's clearly going to WWE. Obviously, it's not, you know, people don't know for sure, but that was my, that was my instant opinion was she is going to go to WWE clearly because to me, it only makes sense that that is the next logical step for somebody like Jade Cargill. And so that was honestly the two things that I had in my mind. And the other third thing, once I started processing this a little bit more was this is a big loss for AEW guys, because AEW, and I won't get into all of the women's stuff right now, but just to kind of give a brief description is they need a lot of work with the women's division. They need more stars. They need more women that can go at like different levels and, you know, just have, they just need more depth in the roster. On top of that, they need more time on TV. They need more matches. They're just, there needs a lot to happen in that women's division. And Jade Cargill was definitely somebody different she stood out from the other girl. She brought something different to the table. And now that she's out of there, that is missing big time in the division. And so it is unfortunate. I do think that Jade Cargill is a big loss to AEW. But like I said, I think her going to WWE is the next logical step for her in her career if she wants to keep, you know, leveling up and whatnot. And uh, there was another thing that I wanted to say. Yes, that is that. I almost feel like they did everything that they could have done. Huh, let me rephrase that. I feel like she got a lot done in AEW. And by that, I mean, one, this girl was training with Brian freaking Danielson, guys. If she's going to be training with anybody, do you remember how green she was when she first started in AEW? She was super green. And there was a big improvement for her. And that's because she was, you know, training with Brian Danielson. So one, she got better in the ring. And then two, the other thing is the streak. People are always going to associate that TBS championship with Jade Cargill because she held it for so long. She had a streak. Uh, and the fact that she had that, that to me is going to be like super memorable. And I feel, I almost feel like that, that was just that felt like the end of her story, because what else I don't know what else they were going to do for her, what other ideas they had for her. But to me, it sounds like she kind of got everything she needed to get out of AEW, And now she was just going to move on to, you know, something else. 
So there you go. That's where we're at with Jade Cargill. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what if she goes to WWE and what WWE does with her because look at her. I mean, damn, you know, uh, Steve Feitzen's in a super chat. Thank you so much to Steve for this generous, super generous super chat scene. Denise, I think they're starting the program of Rock and Roman. When Heyman was asked who gave the order when Sokoa said he, he knew what to do, I say it was the Rock starting to take over as head of the table. And that's interesting. I didn't think about it that way, to be honest. I thought when Solo Sokoa said he knew what to do, I almost feel like Paul Heyman gets on his nerves. And you've kind of noticed this because every time Paul Heyman feels like he can nag Solo Sokoa and he's always, you know, kind of bossing him around, but Solo Sokoa tends to shut him up. And I almost feel like that was just Solo Sokoa being like, I know what to do. You don't need to tell me. I'm my own boss. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm reading into it, right? I'm reading into all of this. And so I didn't kind of see it that way. But damn, if you did, that's pretty cool. Uh, that would be very interesting if all of a sudden Solo Sokoa, you know, betrays Roman Reigns and it's because he's, he's, He's sided with The Rock, who's the real head of the table, right? You know, they could do something like that for sure. And obviously, we've also been waiting for like the longest time for, you know, other people from the bloodline, especially The Rock, to come into all of this. And God, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the first, um, for us to get freaking The Rock and Roman Reigns in like an actual interaction, you know, like an actual heated discussion. I cannot wait for that. Wanted to happen, stat. Stephen, um, thank you so much to Steve Fight. Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat saying Cargill versus Bianca take my money. Uh, yeah, that would be freaking crazy, guys. Freaking crazy. Uh, Stephen Marchuli, thank you so much for that super chat as well. Um, alrighty, and some Alvin asks, where's Rikishi? I saw him at StarCast. <laughs> that helps at all. I know. I want to see Rikishi. I want to see Rikishi too, by the way. Also, so I don't know how many of you guys have this problem, but so for the longest time, everyone, and this is so stupid, please tell me if any of you guys had this problem. So for all of these years that I would watch Rikishi on WWE TV, right? I remember that I always thought, and this is Jim Ross's fault. This is all Jim Ross's fault. Jim Ross would always pronounce his name Rakishi. Rakishi. So for the longest time, I would call Rikishi Rakishi. Dude, you have no idea how many times, like even seeing the uh, you guys writing Rikishi's name on the chat, I have to do this like turn in my brain where I'm like, it's not Rakishi. Make sure to read in Rikishi. And I blame Jim Ross for this. I blame Jim Ross for this because he would always say Rakishi. And so for the longest time, I thought it was Rakishi, MD8999. Uh, please tell me some of you guys thought that too. Um, but anyways, uh, Rikishi. And I always have to practice that. <sighs> anyways, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about The Rock, talking about Brigade, all of this. I'm going to fast forward into the uh, main event portion of what we got because this was the stuff with John Cena. So... Now we're going to switch gears to John Cena and the Grayson Waller effect and what happened there. So with this, we had <laughs> so so Grayson Waller does not let John Cena talk at all. John Cena goes out there and he's just being rude to him. He's telling him things like 
First of all, if I were you, I would take off my hat because that is what my mother taught me and just like stupid stuff like that, right? So he's being super rude. He doesn't let him talk. Jimmy Uso comes out and Jimmy Uso, prior to this, we had a backstage segment where Jimmy Uso was basically approached by Finn Balor and Finn Balor kind of suggested him maybe joining the Judgment Day, but he kind of passed on that. And then we also had another backstage segment that we were just talking about, which is where Paul Heyman was telling Solo Sokoa that Jimmy isn't in the bloodline. And so we clearly know that Paul Heyman's being kind of two-faced because we saw last week that he was telling Jimmy that he was in the bloodline. He just wasn't in the bloodline, if that makes any sense at all. And so that's kind of a little bit of the backstory of what we got here. So anyways, Jimmy Uso comes out and again, he like snatches the mic away from John Cena, does not let him talk. But then, so he starts kind of going off. Solo Sokoa comes out and this is where you kind of had to like pay attention to like every little thing that happened here because Jimmy thinks that Solo Sokoa goes out there to help him. And for a second... He then starts choking Jimmy. So I'm thinking, oh, he wasn't there to help out Jimmy. So for a second, you're thinking he's not because he's choking Jimmy. And then John Cena tries to get involved. But instead, Solo Sokoa super kicks John Cena. And so then you're thinking, okay, maybe he was there to help Jimmy Uso out, right? But then Jimmy Uso extends his hand to shake his hand with Solo Sokoa. And Solo Sokoa refuses it. He does not shake his hand at all. So then again, you're like, okay, he's not doing it for Jimmy Uso. They're not friends. Okay. So you're kind of going back and forth here a little bit. And um, finally, we do see them, you know, they're attacking John Cena. He's being outnumbered. So AJ Styles runs out there and he helps out John Cena. And then uh, John Cena gives the five knuckle shuffle to Jimmy. Solo Sokoa runs out of the ring, but then... By Paul Heyman's orders, Paul Heyman orders him to get back into the ring and to help out Jimmy because he's being outnumbered. So that is what we ended up seeing for the closing of the show. So we kind of went back and forth here. Uh, you know, one second I'm thinking, all right, he, I don't know, he likes Jimmy Uso. And then the next I'm like, I guess he doesn't. I don't know, guys. Solo Sokoa is possibly the most mysterious person on this entire roster. I cannot figure this man out. He goes back and forth all the damn time. So I know somebody mentioned, oh, maybe he's getting, you know, ideas from The Rock. I don't think so. I think it's just Solo Sokoa being completely uh, just, I don't know, hard to understand. Maybe he's misunderstood. I don't know. I really do not know. Um, all right. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what people are saying about all of this. Let's see. Dr. Thanos says, I want to see Solo spike Jimmy so bad. And he also wants to see Jimmy betray the bloodline. Uh, Zay Cruz says, why did Jimmy call himself Jim Uso? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, all right. And yeah, like, this is from Tiger Claw Gaming who says nobody controls Solo. I think that's the point. Yeah, and that's what I want. Like, I don't want, I want Solo Sokoa to be a loose cannon. The only time I want to see him be somewhat controlled is by Roman Reigns, right? Because Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. And anybody else, I don't want him to be controlled by anybody else anymore. I want him to be like this 
own mysterious man with his own thing, you know, with his own plan, his own hidden agenda. I want to know what, what motives does Solo Sokoa have? What are his motives? That's what I want to know. That's where I'm at with all of that. Um, all right. So that's basically what would happen with John Cena. I'm, I'm hoping we maybe get John Cena teaming up with AJ Styles. I think that would be really cool. And that the way that the show ended, it kind of made me think that that was something that we were going to get, but we'll see. We got to talk about some other items that occurred on this show. Um, let's go ahead and get into, let's get into, there's only three more things that I want to talk about for SmackDown. And that is Rey Mysterio and the LWO. So basically Rey Mysterio goes out there. He's talking about how the LWO taught him what family is. And Santos Escobar, you know, Santos Escobar loves Rey Mysterio, right? Like we've, he's made this very clear. He loves that man. And so he respectfully asks Rey Mysterio for a match, for a match for the United States Championship. And he tells him, like, it's my dream to have this match with you. And Ray tells him, of course, you're going to get this match. Like, yes, of course, we're going to do this. And then the Street Profits come out. They come out with Bobby Lashley. And they mock Ray Mysterio. This was funny. They start calling him Oprah. And they say that he's out there being like, you get a match, you get a match, you get a match, just like Oprah Winfrey. So that was very good. I like that. And so the LWO, they're pissed off, and we end up getting uh, Cruz, Del Toro, Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, and they're pissed. They challenge the Street Profits. They end up having a match, and I think they could have done a lot more here, but given that it looks like they didn't really have that much time on the show, I'm going to let it pass. But this match could have definitely been a million times better. We only saw like less than a minute of this match on TV, okay? Literally, this match was under a minute. And Street Profits win, and we are going to be getting the Street Profits versus Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar next week. But truthfully, they could have done a lot more here uh, in-ring-wise, but it kind of looks like they were probably pressed for time because they still had so much more that happened on the show. The Miz versus LA Knight. They had a rematch today, and the crowd is still super hot for LA Knight. I didn't really feel like this match needed to happen. Like, we didn't really need to see this rematch, but I almost saw it as like, all right, fine. You know, LA Knight went out there. He had, he dominated pretty much the entire match. He gets his straightforward win uh, against the Miz with the BFT. And that's it, calls it a day with that, and then cuts a quick promo. And he basically says that. The big thing to take away from Ellie Knight's promo today was that he mentioned Roman Reigns. And we talked about this last week where they teased the fact that they may be doing Roman Reigns, Ellie Knight down the line because he kind of had some beef last week with Paul Heyman. And so he mentioned them here today. And then he said that he was top two and he wasn't number two. So he's basically putting himself above Roman Reigns. I kind of thought Ellie Knight was reaching there, completely reaching there. I didn't really love this line at all. Um, I, I love the first part where he mentioned Roman Reigns, but I didn't love the second part. But I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. And Celisicoa was pretty much watching this too. And he did not look very thrilled with LA Knight whatsoever. So that's what we got here. Uh, last thing I want to get into is Bailey and Asuka. So they had a match together. Keep in mind that next week we're finally going to be seeing Asuka versus EO Sky. And so during this match, we see that Bailey is about to have her way with Asuka. And she, you know, she's trying to basically like wind her down so that she gets all beat up before her match 
uh, with EO next week. And Shotzi comes out. Shotzi comes out, spooks the living life out of Bailey. And because of this, Asuka ends up getting her with a backslide and she wins this match. And I kind of thought it was a little bit lame because at this point I'm going like, all right, Bailey, why are you so scared of Shotzi? Like it was cool all those other weeks, but now she's just basically, she's scaring Bailey with a peekaboo. Like that's all it is now. It's just peekaboo and Bailey's like, ah, and she ends up losing this match. So I thought the ending was kind of lame. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to let it pass. What do I care? Uh, I'm going to let it pass. But I do think that it could have just been a little bit more, more than just a peekaboo, you know? Shotzi could have came out with like scissors or something. I don't know. Something to scare her a little bit more than just a peekaboo. And then she runs her off a little bit and she goes back into the ring and she fits bumps with Asuka. I would have, I, I was wondering why. I'm wondering if there's more there. Are we going to be seeing more with, with um, Shotzi and Asuka? Because I felt that it would have made more sense for Shotzi to chase out Bailey completely out of our sight. I wanted to see her chase her all the way down. I didn't want to see her chase her halfway, stop, and then go back into the ring with Asuka. So I thought that was interesting. And commentary did mention like, oh, what's up with these two? So unless that serves a purpose there, I thought it would have been much more entertaining just to watch her completely chase Bailey out of our, you know, out of our line of sight. So that's where we're at with um, WWE SmackDown, everyone. Um, all righty, guys. So first of all, I have a couple of announcements that I need to make before I wrap up the show. And that is that on Saturday, tomorrow, I will be here to talk about AEW Collision. So for those of you who are interested, I will definitely be here. And then believe it or not, I'm going on vacation. Uh, I'm going on vacation on Monday, and I'm going to be gone for 10 days. Uh, a lot of you guys already know this. So I'm not going to be live like I normally am for my shows. However, Wait for it. I have shot and recorded and edited seven beautiful videos that are going to be coming out. They're all completely different. They're all new stuff that you haven't seen on this channel before. And I'm basically coming up with new ideas and new things to do, new content to bring out to you guys. And so I have seven videos that are going to be coming out during that 10 day time period that I'm not here. And uh, keep an eye out for those. I'm gonna be announcing them on Twitter. You're gonna be seeing them here on YouTube. I'm really excited about the stuff that I shot and the videos that I made. So I really hope that you guys check those out and that you enjoy those. And a couple of those are also gonna be available available on podcast version. So you'll be able to listen on the podcast as well. And while I'm here talking about the podcast, if you guys haven't already, please make sure to head on over to my Apple podcast page. And if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of my other ones, you can leave a rating, leave a review. I'm trying to get to 100 ratings by the end of the year. I'm at 57 and um, I really need to push this a lot more. So please make sure that if you guys have the time, you guys head on over there and leave a review. We got a most recent one here from Sweet Rose 22 who just left a review. I want to thank Sweet Rose so much. She says, "I enjoyed Denise's podcast. I love the energy she brings to her podcast. She is always so positive and funny and you just have a good time listening to her discuss WWE. She engages with her audiences as well and appreciates each one that donates to her." Uh, she is definitely right. I definitely do appreciate everybody 
Um, and thank you so much to Sweet Rose 22 for taking the time to leave a review. If you guys do leave a review on there, I do read them on the air as well. Super Fro says, love your channel, Denise. Been following you since Wrestle Talk. Great work so far. I can't wait for the new stuff. I can't wait either, guys. I have so many announcements that I'm going to make. Like, this is just this next 10 days. But there's so much more that is happening. Uh, and, yeah, like, I'm just, like, full of freaking ideas right now. You, you don't even know. Last night, I was up until, like, midnight, literally. And I'm going to give you guys a sneak preview. But I can't share too much because these are all my ideas and I don't need people stealing my ideas. But literally all my, well, I have it in reverse. Can you kind of see? There you go. These are all of the video ideas I have for one month. One month here, right here. You guys won't know which month yet. And these are the uh, two months right here too. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot happening. <laughs> And so I just had like this, like uh, this explosion in my head where I was just thinking of all of these cool things that I could do and all of these video ideas and just everything. So that's all coming. But anyways, keep an eye out for the seven days for the seven videos in the next 10 days. And then also I will see you guys back here for collision. Thank you to everybody for watching and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye everyone.